Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. There's been a lot of interest in the gold country. I want a checking purpose for football all the time. And providing you had a chip up in that quarter, we had a real chance of putting it in that quarter. Now we've got our backs against the wall and we're going to fight. That's great and your fans will love to... You might have noticed some changes um, to this episode, guys. Have you heard some ads at the start? And there might be some ads at the end. Um, look, we've if you read on Facebook, you would have seen that we're looking at different hosting. And um, we, we've come up with one uh, host that does put some ads in there. Um, we hope you don't mind that too much. Um, look, uh, the thing of it is, it's not going to send us, uh, make us rich or anything like that. No. Um, it's far from it. Far, far from it, yeah. Um, but it, it does mean that um, we can expose uh, the podcast to a wider audience, um, and uh, at the same time, it's uh, the hosting is now free for us. Whereas before, it's costing you know thirty to forty bucks a month yeah. for us, and now it's 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 yeah, a yeah. Fr- free host. And now we can expose ourselves to a whole new bunch of people. And the thing is, we don't make anything out of it. It's managed to cover hosting costs, so we can uh, adjust where the ads go. So if you let yeah. us know where it's least amount of least, <laughs> least annoying. And like we can change the length that we have a minimum length we're going to do, which we're going to take up because we make fuck all of it anyway. So yeah. Yeah. tell us where where's the least annoying places to put them in. And obviously, you know, the whole goal of this thing is just to have a bit of fun and hopefully get to toss the coin at the AFL match at some stage. And you know, maybe one day we get a media pass and we can talk bullshit to actual real people who are playing. Sport. And then you're all fucked. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I don't see it as selling out our morals because the point is we to, don't have morals. We don't have any. Um, and we're planning to sell out all along anyway. And we're exactly right. <laughs> if yeah. I heard they were valuable, I would have got some. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, hopefully it's not too, too annoying. But um, you know, uh, let us know anyway if it is, and we'll ignore it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, on to round ten, which is the last of the. Nine game rounds for a few weeks. It's a mid-year report time. It feels weird when there's only nine, uh, when there's less than nine games around. Yeah. You feel like you're getting ripped off. Yeah, I feel like, uh, as someone who doesn't have Foxtel, that it's kind of standard. Just because Channel 7 only show, or, you know, show a couple of games around, and the rest of you kind of have to figure out what happened. I wonder what the free-to-air is going to be next week then, because I haven't checked it yet. Um, to see which games are free to wear and if they get less during the... I assume it is. Do you remember back when Hey Hey Saturday was on, they had, um, I think it was Andrew Fife, the cartoonist? Yep. I figure he's not doing much now. I reckon if they got him on, just had him uh, wired into SEN or something, and he's just drawing on a whiteboard, cartoons, what happened, I'd probably watch that. Yeah, it'd probably go all right, actually. Maybe he can periscope it. Maybe he can. Yeah. It'd be like live animation. Well, it's well, just it's... about what he was, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, well, round 10, I think, has uh, distinguished itself from the other rounds by actually having a Friday night game that was watchable. <laughs> yeah. It's been I mean, a while since that's and happened. And the, the twofold to that was there was a Tigers game that was watchable. Yeah, <laughs> that, that doesn't happen often. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll go um, We'll go into that game then. Yep. Um, Fremantle and, uh, and Richmond. Richmond. 
I did see Frio were uh, about a dollar five at the start of the match, and Richmond were paying four dollars or something. And if you backed Richmond, you were an eternal optimist, or you have too much you fucking hate money. money. So you're telling me Frio backed Richmond and threw the game? Yep. Yes, all the way through it. Unequivocally, uh, I totally have proof of that too. And I tell you, it's simple things, isn't it? Kicking straight wins your games. And uh, what, what did Richmond kick? Eight goals straight or eight goals one in the first Something quarter? Something like that. Something crazy. Sorry, I broke it down. I figured exactly what's happened. All right, here we go. I figured they've got... Um, I think it was only like a one-off chance they had to beat Frio with this strategy. It was just with the running players they've got. It seemed like they'd be rotating the three on the ball with one in the back lines, uh, one in the cross half-back, and the rest sort of around the ball, you know, wings or full forward. And um, they just run through from the back line. You have Kocha coming through, and that would sort of negate a lot of the uh, advantage tapping from Sanderlands because there's yep. someone immediately there to stop and pressure the ball. And as they're running forward, as soon as the ball gets into the forward lines, they've got all their small running around players there to just put the forward pressure on. And especially with Steve Morris, who was a full forward a little bit, as soon as there was a turnover, the pressure was always there. Yeah. So it made them have to take the first decision, and that makes mistakes. Actually, I did notice that too, is that they rove Sanderlands brilliantly. Yeah. Uh, well, he had, I think it was 23 hitouts to advantage. Which is a record. Yeah. But every time uh, the Frio midfield got the ball, not yeah. more than a step away was the Richmond midfield putting pressure, putting a tackle, yeah. hassling the ball carrier. Yeah. Which meant that when they got to go forward, like the next kick out of the, the midfield was always a rush kick under pressure yeah. or a blind yeah. kick. And a high kick often more often than not too, yeah. which gives you a defender's time. Or like out on, the, out on the full, they had lots of out on the full as well. Yeah. Yep. I think it was just an opportunistic uh, game plan that, that was you know potentially going to work and did to great effect. You won't beat Frio with it consistently because it's very easy to sort of um, remedy. But I think it was just smart, uh, tactical play. I think Frio didn't really probably take it as serious as they would have another team as well. So you reckon this was just Frio would due for a, a, a down day? I mean, they just caught him off guard. It sounds a bit weird when they say, you know, due for a loss, but it is true. Um, it's Maybe they're just rolling through the motions a little bit the last few weeks, and it's shown, I think, yeah. with the games. They sort of get out to a lead, and then, oh, that'll do. Yeah, but I think when you when you have games like that, you have a strategy which you're completely behind, no works, and you'll stop being sort of looking for the critical points in your strategy, the holes in it. And yeah. how it's not going to work. Like, how are you going to beat your own strategy sort of thing? Yeah. And I think just yeah. Tigers played it to a T for, for that match. Well, I, I don't think it's a case of being due. I don't think you can say you got lucky when you kick eight goals one yeah. in the first quarter. Yeah. Um, that's a champion effort from any team. If exactly. you're, no matter which team you are, if you kick eight one in the first quarter, you're probably yeah, going to win. Yeah, it's a good way to start. Um, and the, the thing is, when you, you know, go up against a team like Freo you, and you've got that ferocious pressure in the first quarter, you've got to keep it on. Yeah. Uh, you can't just go, oh, we've done our, we've kicked eight, we're, we're laughing here. Um, and, and they were able to do it. Um, tell me, do you think that the tactic of wearing the WA State Guernsey was was one that worked for the Tigers? <laughs> I, I think it did. I think it might. I think they might have actually off. a bit of home crowd advantage from it or something. I don't know. They've uh, done it right. Um, and Dustin Martin um, yep. was probably best of field. and well, I'd it, say he's best of field by by daylight. I think yeah. he was brilliant. It'll be the first time this year that uh, somebody from an opposition team has taken full marks off uh, Fife. Yeah. I mean, he it it just looked like he was just too strong up top. It seemed like he would break all the tackles. He looked yeah. kind of scary. You also remember with this one sort of pack, and you see Martin come rushing in one side, and then you see Fife go flying out the other yeah. side. And I mean, just look at Martin's haircut. It looks like his hair scared of him. Just sort of <laughs> hides at the back of his head, hoping no one notices it. It looked like Delavidova on Curry. Like just, yeah. you got a, a champion yeah. player, and everyone expected to walk all over him, and just the gritty asshole manages yeah. to 
uh, show him up on the day. Well, I mean, Fife still had a, a good claim for... Well, he had Mark of the Week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Goal of, goal the, week of the Week that yeah. could go even further. Yeah. Um, which was a, a funny old goal. You know, yeah. worked hard and goes to the check side from the boundary. But yeah. You see uh, Ballantyne sitting in the goal square all by himself. Yeah. Well, yeah ignore the cunt too, I would. But the thing <laughs> is, with, with those sorts of goals, I think with the players who are really talented like that, the easiest way I could try and uh, visualise how you do it is playing basketball. You know, when you when you practice a jump shot and you've got a good jump shot, when someone passed it and you have time to, to shoot it, generally you miss because you overthink yep. it. But if someone passes to you and you kind of just tips the end of your fingers and you've got to chase it a bit and shoot it off balance. It's just, it's part of that motion. Yeah. It's that pure muscle memory yeah, as opposed it. to, okay, now I'm going to hit it on this yep. side of the boot and it's going to go. No, and it's like those imperfections make it a more sort of cerebral process as opposed to thinking about what you're doing. More muscle memory. I, I think though, too, when you're doing those sort of snaps, especially when there's no other option, uh, in this case there was, but still. Uh, it's not a real option, though. The pressure's kind if of If you're Fife, you're the best option. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, you're 80, 80 metres out, siren's gone, you, you've got nothing to lose, so yeah. the pressure's off kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I think the pressure was still on with a shot of goal, though, because, I mean, if he misses that, um, you go, mate, what are you doing? There's a fucking guy right there. You're having shots from the boundary line. Yeah, but it's only Ballantyne. They'd be like, yeah, fuck him. Yeah, but it's 80, 80 metres out. You go, all right, Malcolm Blight, do what you think you can do. <laughs> so I couldn't see the, the lights were shining off you. Mate, don't even talk about bad decision-making in the forward 50. I go for North Melbourne. <laughs> so um, it's the third week in a row the Tigers have ruined a milestone. They've, yep. they've fucked up Kane Corns' 300th. Yeah, I know. Ruined Fletcher's 400th. Michael Johnson's 200th. And uh, all three of those players, after they've ruined their milestone... Don't play the next week. They're just absolute assassins. Fucking, I'd be scared to have a birthday if I was opposition. <laughs> Jesus, it's going to come shit on your parade. I tell you what, if, if next week they run out and you know it's yeah. raise a race three hundredth or yeah. something, he'd want to look out. Okay, the Tigers have cancelled Christmas too. <laughs> um, but uh, look for Frio. It's just—is it the loss they had to have? Oh, look, they're not going to change anything. I think no. it's the loss they don't give a fuck about. To be honest, yeah, pretty much. It, like, yeah, they lost at home, but. So what? I, I can't see anyone worrying about yeah. it. I reckon they got outplayed by a team who's not going to outplay them again this year. It's not really going to concern them. It's also a bit of a good luck charm to lose to the Tigers during the season because um, <laughs> you quite often go on to win the Premiership. So, yeah, I was going to say, the only people that don't is us and we're unlucky motherfuckers in the NFL. <laughs> well, um, that's the thing, though. Tigers sitting eighth and they played bloody well this week. I... I reckon they're a pretty good chance to go pretty deep in September. Like, actually win a final. Yeah, don't know about October, though. Probably still fuck for that month. Yeah, I, yeah. let's not think about October. Get a win in September. <laughs> Got holidays booked, sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Frio still a, a game clear and percentage on top, so they're, they're laughing there. Yeah. Um, on to the Saturday games. We had uh, Carlton versus Adelaide. Oh. Um, obviously, all the talk was about Juddy. The penthouse of the doghouse. They went from... Four goals up in the first quarter, looking like a million bucks to, oh fuck, oh fuck, we're screwed. Yeah, I didn't get to watch this game live, so um, I was actually out camping. Yeah, random wasn't it? But um, look, all the talk was about Judd, um, and you could see it in his eyes. As he knew immediately what had happened, um, and that was you know he announced it today that um, he's pulled the pin on his career. That I think um, it's only a matter of time before he becomes Hall of Fame, and probably further than that. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's good to see that even on a, a small crowd, crowd oh, sorry, small crowd like that, um, yep. all the Crows supporters were up yeah. standing, and th- I think everybody knew straight away just as he did. I think it's pretty poor it. though that he's still got a couple of years on his busy contracts. He has to go down and pack boxes <laughs> for the next boxes. two years. <laughs> poor bastard. <laughs> poor bastard. Um, well, with you, that, he still took the mark. 
Like, he <laughs> took him up, up, held it, nuked his knee, yeah. fell to ground, and was like, yeah, no, I'm fucked. I'm done. Dangerfield was still standing the mark, too. And I wonder if there wasn't a part of him that just went, oh, is it, is it too early to swap Guernseys? <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know somewhere, Cam Guthrie's going, I'm fucking blinder here. You're say, this is the perfect chance for a selfie. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Judd, last game, last, last possession. Here I was. I'll tell you what, though. Whoever took that photo of his knee mid-snap, I don't know how many times it's been redone, but uh, hopefully none because that's fucking yeah, no one's that shit. It's like watching a nut shot. Yeah, oh, the, uh, the photos no. everywhere though. I, I have no idea who took it, but I dare say they don't need to take another photo for the rest of the year. They could be living off that. You, you can get a laugh out of nut shot in time. You don't get laughs out of knees. No, no. It's, yeah, but um, the, I mean, the good signs for Carlton was when um, Juddy went down. Mark Murphy really stood up. Um, and played a, a bit of a blinder. Um, they've corrected some of their kicking woes. Um, Casbolt still kicked a couple of out-of-bounds on the full. Well, you've got to expect that. But Exactly. But he kicked a few straight as well, which is a, a good change for him. Um, Eddie Betts does what Eddie Betts does. Um, he he uh, was uh, well-blanketed, I thought, for, for a lot yeah, of the game. Which isn't as easy as you might think. To, to say, you know, I held a, a forward pocket or a forward flanker, most times, you know, it's a big deal. But when it's, when it's Eddie Betts in the form that he's been in, it takes a hell of a lot of effort to keep him uh, low on the stat sheet. Yeah, he does. Absolutely. Um, just having a look through it now. Um, where is he? Click on Eddie Betts, 17th. He had three kicks, yeah, kick, five handballs, and just with the one straight. Um, Which, look, if you're playing on him, that's a great day for you. Absolutely. Especially since the form he's been in lately. He's been absolutely killing it, um, and keep him just down to the one, the one goal. I'm not sure if he had even any other shots on goal. Um, I don't remember it. No, I, I, I don't know. I was watching uh, half most of this game live. I remember so, Jenkins was on fire. Did, did they chuck Kerner on uh, Dangerfield? Uh, well, kind of loosely. Yeah. He was floating through. But I was going to say he's picked up 31 posies. It's pretty yeah. good for someone who's had a really good tagging role the last last few weeks. He's he's done it well actually. Um, yeah. I think we were in the round one against the Tigers we were watching and was it Simpson was yeah. he was abusing Kernow. Yeah. Um so it looks like he's someone who's found his role. Um, yeah. which uh you know, it is a good sign. Um there was also one moment there where I think it was Andrew Walker, um, on the Crows goal line and yep. everyone stopped and they thought it had gone over. Yeah. But the goal umpire is right there and he hasn't called it, which yep. means that ball's still <laughs> in play. <laughs> And what Dangerfield did was really clever because he didn't rush in and tackle him. Yep. He just sort of jogged up and as soon as he got close enough, grabbed him and dragged him back in. <laughs> and I thought that was brilliant yeah. and it should have been a free kick. That's a veteran move, that one. Yep. Isn't it? Um, it was just so clever um, that he knew exactly what to do at the right time. But um, it's a shame he didn't get rewarded for it. Well, I think that says a lot about your awareness of what's going on and your ability to sort of you know, process all the information at once and make decisions and do that are sort it. of clever, you know? To be a thinking footballer, yeah. yeah. You don't teach that stuff. No, otherwise, so. no. otherwise Casper would that. probably play a lot better. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think it's the second week in a row that Carlton have, has shown something. I mean, they didn't get over the line, um, but uh, at the end of the day, they, they've shown that they're, they're trying to play. They show that they really didn't like McMaltaus. I, I, right. I think they showed they're rebuilding whether they like it or not now, definitely. <laughs> well, they found out what their problem was. Their problem was an all-Australian coach and an all-Australian player. Yeah. Got, got rid of those two. I think they're trying to use like the Cavaliers strategy with LeBron, with Judd. Just give it to him, let him do everything, and yeah. we'll see how far we go. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, Crows uh, got away with one. 
Um, they tried their best to throw it away at the end, but um, they uh, they did enough to get away with the win. Um, which leads us on to the bottom of the table, uh, Gold Coast Suns versus Sydney Swans. Um, look, I don't know how much you can really talk about this game. Um, Franklin kicked some nice goals and looked like he was in for a day out. Yep. But Sydney got out to a big lead and then just put the cue in the rack. Um, I'll tell you what, uh, the big thing not talked about this was Adam Goods, which makes a nice fucking change. <laughs> Um, he's still got a few boos around there, but... It, oh, he's going to get booed for the rest of his days. Yeah. Um, no matter what the reason was, as soon as you start complaining about getting boos, that's <laughs> one sure way to can make sure that they continue. Absolutely. But, you know, if he wants to play um, the heel um, now, play it up, you know. Get us, get us a crowd involved. There exactly. Plenty of players have had great careers out of being hated. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There was a funny moment where Luke, be the tallest. Luke Parker's kicked his goal and he's gone to give someone a high five. Yeah. And they left him hanging. <laughs> well, which is fair enough because there's yep. a bloke he just kicked it on. <laughs> <laughs> Tried to high five the Gold Coast Suns. I'll tell you what, how good was Hanabry again? Yeah, he's gone from strength to strength. Yeah. I He blew me away this year. I thought he was a quality midfielder, but he's elite level for sure. Like, Ab- absolutely. He will poll very, very highly in the Brownlow. Um, I think his only problem is Luke Parker's um, uh, been polling very well uh, as well. So they're going to share a lot of votes, those two. But Hanabry, um, he's, I thought he was robbed of the Norm Smith back... Uh, sorry, the... Norwich. Uh, no. He, he, um, yeah. Fiasco robbed. He got robbed, yeah. yeah. The Norm Smith medal in um, 2012. Um, but uh, anyway, he, he had an absolute blinder, run around all by himself, it looked like, half the time. Again, we we say it a lot, but Sydney Swans are just they're sneaking under the radar. Just doing what needs to be done and nothing more. And yet, their midfield, as good as any midfield out there, their forward line is probably the best forward line going around at the moment in terms of raw talent. They're on drugs. Well, <laughs> that's you heard it first, all right. You, you didn't say performance enhancing. No, just, just whatever jumps. they are. I don't know. Just, well, they're playing the Gold Coast Suns, so if they are, they've probably got uh, a good deal out of the It's always the people trust you at the casino. It's always people that try and lay under the radar, you know, don't nothing, just be there about. You know, we're doing good. Not losing, but, you know, everyone's wanted to cheating. Um, speaking about their big forward line, uh, during the week there was a lot of ter- talk about Kurt Tippett. Um, you know, maybe they should use him as trade bait. Or something like that, because he hasn't returned on the big dollars, but kicked a lazy three. Um, yeah. Which, I mean, it's all you can ask, really. He only got four kicks and three of them were goals. So. Well, I mean, the, the whole Tippett thing was more an investment. They weren't paying for how good he was, what what he was going to be to them, and how good he could be. Yeah. But I don't think, I mean. Then they got Buddy Franklin, and they're like, oh, yeah. He, he can play. So, I mean, I don't think it'll ever be as good as what they've paid for him, but got to do something with him. Got to do something with him, exactly. And I think he's. Um, contract runs out next week or something like that. Um, in Gold Coast, I mean, what more can you say? They're sitting 18th, and that's they're playing a bit like that too. Yeah, yeah I have a good authority that um, they're going to trade Tippett North in return for Jared Waite. <laughs> uh, just because Tippett wants to play with his brother, I'm pretty sure. And I'll tell you what, I reckon we'd even pay them like a lot, as in every dollar ever. <laughs> like made. everything you don't have. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah because North are, are ones to be slashing money around. Actually, I'd, I'd trade Jared Waite for Big Mac. <laughs> Upsized? Yeah. Not even. No. I wouldn't even need special sauce. Um, anyway, so the game petered out a little bit there. Um, but you can't blame the Swans for getting bored with their own own winning there. Um, moving on to Geelong versus Essendon. Yeah. Um, and Geelong look like the Geelong of old. They, mm. I thought, well, they have eight goals to n- none 
in, in the first half, something like that. Essendon did, did not kick a goal in the first half. Um, uh, they, I think Essendon had the first score. They uh, had a point. And, and that was kind of their first half highlight. Well, After uh, that, it was, uh, I think, 12 goals straight. I think it was Queen's birthday weekend. It was just homage to the English. You know, just yeah. fuck it, give up. Fuck it. Yeah, that's it. English yeah. way. Um, there was booing again, and I didn't even see, see Adam Goods out there. No, that was the Queen. It was booing the Queen, Queen as well. Yeah. Well, that's fair enough. Both yeah. teams can enjoy that. No, they were saying, boo Ernst, boo Ernst. But he retired a bit. Shit. But <laughs> the Cats just looked awesome. Um, Stevie J, I think, kicked uh, three or four again. Um, he's just he's taken on a bit uh, a bit of a purple patch last couple of weeks. After, after getting the jacket, wasn't it? After getting the vest, yeah. yeah. So it looks like a good move. Yeah. Give somebody a vest, give them a kick up the arse, and away they go. Too bad Richmond couldn't do that with Matty White. Just gave him a vest and he fucked off. <laughs> <laughs> you blame him? Not at all. I would have fucked off too. <laughs> That's the way you're supposed to give the vest and take it back off him. You yeah. don't say, he's the vest champ. Nah, it's all yours. Another one, Blitzass. He's having a great year. I, I, I mentioned him just because, well, two reasons. He's one of those guys that snuck in and has paid overs. He's done better than you figured. And the second reason I mentioned him is because it's an awesome name. Just like saying Blitzass. Fair enough. Um, you know, if you want to get your own hobbies into it, um, Blitz Ice it is. Um, it was interesting, I thought, the match review panel did not have a look at Joel Selwood at all. He, he was just... Um, really? It's fucking ugly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, he just how, pulled out his driver's license and thought, oh, Selwood, all right, you're off. Well, <laughs> it did look like he was trying to put Ben Howlett's um, contact lenses back in for him, which is kind. <laughs> um, and I heard somebody else say that it was an, it was an homage to Chris Judd. Um, with, with the old <laughs> pressure eye, points, <laughs> the old eye, eye rake. So that that was nice of him, anyway. Um, but look, I mean, Geelong were just awesome, and uh, just moving the ball so well. And um, Big Hawkins down down forward was taking marks and making um, the the previously well heralded Essendon backline look amateur. And I tell you what, I heard he was talking about at the start when they had that run against um, whoever they almost beat. And he said that, you know, I think there's still, still a really good team here, so watch this space. We'll be doing things this season. Well, I'll tell you what, they left lots of space. We'll be saying, nothing to see here, guys. Nothing to see here. It's all good. Yeah, Chapman didn't have much of an impact too, which has got a sting when you're playing your old team. Yeah, he's done it before. But, but they, they started him in the vest. Why yeah, would you put Chapman as the sub? I found that weird too. Um, he's one of their key players, especially against his old side. He's going to know them better than anyone. Yeah, I mean, you'd have him playing any side, wouldn't you? That'd be something really wrong to have him as a sub. I understand giving him the red vest, but starting him in the green one is just... I, I don't know. Yeah. It's just weird. Um, I think that Essendon... Um, you know, they've got the whole Wada-Asada thing going on. I think that might be... If it's not... Um, uh, distracting the players it's certainly good cover for how poorly they're travelling yeah. yeah and uh, old Fletch couldn't get up no he did his hamstring against Richmond yeah it's a bit unfortunate like do you see Fletch going on next season no uh, I, I don't think so put out to start or something you can't do 22 games a season anymore um, which to me says I don't think they're going to challenge for a premiership um He's got his 400. Uh, I, I'd be inclined to leave it there. Yeah, and it, they're talking about taking the sub out anyway, but he's not the sort of player so. that would play well in a sub vest. He's not a yeah. super sub you bring on late in the game for pace. No. He's, if anything, he's a bloke you take off. But um, look, I'd, I'd hate to be the one to call time on him, but I'd have to think that at the end of the year, they're probably going to say, mate, here's your coach's position. Yeah. Uh, you've got to, you can be backline coach forever. I thought... 
last year, he, a few times he looked like a bit of a passenger. But this year he's shown um, he, he's still got some good footy left. Um, I just don't know how much of that's left. You, you'd rather leave still wanted yeah. than stay when nobody wants you. And it's also, what's your role there? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. There? You know, not, uh, I don't know if they're going to play finals, but you don't see him win a premiership there and they're sort of rebuilding and it's a bit all over. Well, if, you're, so. if you're looking at a premiership, then yeah, you probably have him just because you want that uh, old head in the back line in a grand final and a pressure, that kind of thing. But Essendon aren't playing finals this year. Yeah, at the moment. Or next year. Um, you, you can argue that he's done his job as that senior back line member because they've got um, Kyle Hooker and, um, oh, fucking top knot, Hurley, um, who are both killing I rate it. Hurley very highly. Yeah, he's they've been player. killing it this year. So it's not like they're... They now need more leadership down back. They've got it. Uh, yeah. And those two are in the prime of their careers or coming towards the prime of their careers even. Yeah. Um, so he's not needed in that sense. Well, I don't think so anyway. And as you see, they smashed him in the clearances. So they're just either getting beaten to the ball after the clearance or wasting much along with so So many kicks under pressure. Again, like we talked about with the Freo-Richmond game, every time Essendon had the ball out of the middle, all of a sudden there's someone tackling, someone pressuring, yeah. and they're doing yeah. the pop-up kicks and it's getting rebounded from half back. Yep. Um, we saw another couple of examples where um, Stevie J sucked Melcham in to give him a clip around the ears. Oh, um, yeah. Which is yeah. just, you've got to be smarter than that. You yep. know exactly what he's trying to do. Yep. Um, but they've uh, they've fallen into it. And every team has that bloke. Every team has the one who tries to get a free kick by being the annoying fucking asshole that you just Waiting for the retaliation. Yeah. You've got to be smarter. Absolutely. And look, your team has it, your team has it. Every single team has one if not more. I think everyone wants to belt Ballantyne uh, just because he's near a... T- no, in fact, Frio probably got Ballantyne and Crowley. So the ones teams that don't have one, shit. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> like Gold Coast, don't, can't think of one there. Campbell no. Brown's quit, so... Campbell Brown's gone, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, um, look, Ge- Geelong look like what the, I thought they'd be like at the start of the year. Um, on to the other Saturday night game, Port Adelaide versus the Bulldogs. Um, ignore the scoreline. This game was a lot closer than that. Um, the poor old Bulldogs just ran out of puff at the end. And again, another example of excellent goal kicking. 16 goals, four. That, that that's is a spectacular. good night out. Especially but, this time of the year when it's, you know, cold, bit moist of an evening. You get the the moisture in the air, the dew. The dew on the footy. Yeah, and they kick spectacularly. They just, uh, and, you know, Not to downplay uh, the Bulldogs, but Port's delivering to the forward line. Lace out perfect. <laughs> yeah, gee, they, they went uh, went well, to, especially towards the end when, you know, three-quarter time, the game was still in the balance, um, and then Power just ran away with it. Um, Ollie Wines was killing it. Oh, uh, he's, what is he, three three weeks back since his um, yeah, wrist or something like he's that? he's finally started to hit the, the form you know he can do. And again, Robbie Gray uh, had a decent effect, not as much as I thought he would. But uh, having said that, he showed up with a cheeky goal, 20 disposals. Um and yeah, he's probably underperforming in what you, what he did last year. Yeah, I, I reckon so too. I mean, but the expectation for him has gone way up. Very true. Um, I, so I, he's got to live up to that. It was like when Bartel won the Brownlow. <laughs> it was like, whoa, yeah. Bartel, well, shit, we have to actually watch this guy as a serious key player now. Exactly. Um, the previously um, whipping boy, Jasper Pittard, who's had a pretty good year, turned in a bit of a shocker again. Uh, unfortunately, and I think he turned over the ball a, a few times. So the Port fans that love to hate him have just yep. got more more fuel. <laughs> a bit of ammo. A bit of ammo that uh, they'll hang on to. I mean, this give Port a bit of confidence as well. Um, just a, a good win against a team who were not gonna, ever going to be an easy beat team. No. They won the 
consistently out there with the Saints as challenging the people at the top. So they they um, did well to to grind it out. Um, yep. You know, it was a hotly contested game, um, and the form that they showed in the last half last week they continued yeah. on. I mean, with with accurate kicking like that, if you can keep it up, then all you need is possession, and you'll get those goals. You'll get yep. kick winning scores. But it also pressures the other forward line because if you're yeah. scoring sixteen four, like uh, hardly anyone, uh, well, no no port player kicked more points than goals. Yeah. That puts pressure on the opposition forward, saying, well, you know, if they're so accurate, I bloody need to be. Yeah. And also, if they're getting plenty of it, you keep getting sucked out of your forward line. Mm. You don't get the uh, ball in positions where you need it, where opposition are going to dominate you. Yeah, you don't get the prime shots from, yeah. you know, yeah. the 30 out dead in front sort of thing. You sh- mm. You're shooting 40 out from the pockets. I f- think it was uh, also last week or the week before, we pointed out that... Um, the ruckman Matthew Lobby was their number one tackler for, for the game. Yep. Um, so it's good to see this week. I think there's about five or six others that have got the same or more tackles than him, um, including Brad Ebert, who had a, a decent twelve tackles, which shows that um, you know they're they're switched on again now. Yeah. And there's a lot yep. more pressure around the ball because um, you know as good as it is to see your ruckman give those second and third efforts, you don't want him to be leading your tackle count. Exactly. Yeah. I do think everyone except Port Adelaide supporters underrates Brad Ebert too. He's a Bloody good hard player. That booming boot on him. Yeah, he does. And that's... I think the distance kick is massively underrated in the modern game because it's yeah. all about short possession. But just having that uh, 60, 70 metre clearance out of the centre, jeez, it gets the forward line yeah, moving yeah. quickly. When have you put like a, a squash ball in your boot like Adam Gilchrist would <laughs> put in his, um, in his <laughs> gloves? Yeah. yeah, put it on like it down there and... Dong! You've got to have no accuracy with it, but it's worth a shot. Well, it's still more accurate than most players. Casper. Is that Casper? Yeah. Maybe Fuck that's what he's done. Lose. Yeah. Maybe he's put two <laughs> on the side and acts like a groove <laughs> to keep the footy in. There we go. Um, I'm saying that's the rumour. Yep, spread it. So we've got that's the right. second rumour this week, isn't yeah, it? That's yeah, that's right. Sydney on drugs. Um, a, a source close to the club told yep, us. Told us that. Internet. Yeah. Mm. And by that, I mean he's probably a member. <laughs> I mean, literally the source. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Giants drunk of the club on the sauce speaking of the sauce <laughs> Giants versus the Lions um, look I don't think anyone gave a shit yeah that and I don't think anybody thought the Lions would really get up um, seeing as uh, the Giants are turning their home stadium into a bit of a fortress yeah. um, and playing good footy doing it look they, they kept it um, I mean when you've got a stadium west of Sydney it's got to be a fortress cause <laughs> it's not tied might, down and gets stolen might be gone <laughs> actually Matty Lloyd had a good call earlier in the week which is fairly rare sort of thing to say but um, he actually put Mumford as the number one ruckman oh, over, of course he over Sandilands yeah. and at the minute you'd have to say Sandilands has been getting a lot of hit outs but uh, once the ball goes to ground he's not quite as useful as uh, well as anything well he could be a traffic director or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> someone coming down from uh, South Jippy Freeway He's still a massive unit to get around, but he is, so but Shane Mumford. Yeah, I mean, and, and Mumford's everywhere. He's, he's putting tackles on. He's, uh, you know, marking the ball in defense in, in the forward fifty. He's doing everything. Flogging records at the front of the way in. Yeah, pretty much <laughs> he's everything but the footy record. Yeah, um, I mean, Sandlands was uh, he had a great couple of weeks. Yeah, um, but Mumford's had a great season. Yeah, and, and you know, I think he's the reigning best and fairest even at the at the Giants. Yeah, uh, I think. It, oh, uh, no, actually, I'm, I'm certain he is. Is it him? Yeah. yeah. He'll definitely uh, be in the All-Australian squad. Uh, if he's not the number one ruckman, he'd be in the interchange. Yeah, I think so too. Um, Brisbane yeah. not looking good either. Uh, I mean, just, they're just dropping like flies. Well, yeah. play beams out for season now. Season as well. Um, and I think they had another injury during the game. Um, look, it's yeah, it's going from... So, Essendon-Brisbane merger. 
<laughs> February 1st. Leipzig <laughs> is gone. <laughs> We've got the Essendon Lions. So I, th- I think they're already just looking forward to the end of the year. Wouldn't that be yeah. like a hyphenated last name getting married, though? Like the Brisbane Lions, the merger with Brisbane Bears and Fitzroy Lions. Mm. So it'd be, you'd have to have something of both of those teams in the new team's name. The Libers. Yeah. The, the Essendon Flying Lions. The Brisbane Flying Lions. The Flyins. The Flyins. Fly in, fly out. <laughs> the fucking Lions. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than. Have you seen the, the infl- Have you seen the inflatable line that they run through? No, yeah. <laughs> they run through the inflatable line. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you say that? I just imagine like out the asshole and like in the asshole and out through the mouth. You're like the gridiron helmets. It's exactly yep. what it is. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. They've named it Brion. They had a, a vote online. Yeah. Okay. Brion. Brion. Yeah. BR for Brisbane. And Ion. Brion. Oh, dear fuck. That's what I thought. It's just, it's as cheesy as it sounds. That's Australian as fuck. But you know, North Melbourne have gone, yes, our helium balloon isn't the most <laughs> stupid as it is. Yeah, it's been a few lot, uh, weeks now. But, um, look, I think Brisbane so, are just. I just love you've got to walk through a Lions asshole to get onto the Gabba, wherever they're playing. And it yep. went, that was the highlight of Brisbane's day. So you've got the fortress, you've got the Lions bow, or whatever the fuck, the yep. shit stormed up in there at Brisbane. Run out through the arse of a Lion. And um, things got into worse the shitstorm. Hmm. <laughs> Out of the asshole, into the shit. <laughs> but look, um, let me winks. <laughs> Giants put their seventh win on the board, which is already a, a club record, and we're only at round ten. Yep. Um, it just goes to show what a good bloody year they're having. Um, the, the magnificent Cam McCarthy had another good one. He only kicked a couple of goals, but uh, he looked untouchable at times. Callum uh, Ward, thirty-two touches, twelve tackles, just well spread around. I think, yeah. wasn't it? Just good yeah. team effort. Everyone, everyone did their part, and that's the dangerous thing. Uh, you look at GWS and you think, who do we have to stop? It's not one guy you can no. double team. Yeah, but there's you, about six blokes you need to pay attention to. Yeah, look, um, you know, Griffin still had a quiet game. Yeah, um, and, yeah. and they they ran all over it. Um, when uh, Patton went down and they lost Boyd as well, you go, yeah, all right. Well, our key forward stocks are looking shot. Yeah, but then you know, Cam McCarthy comes out and uh, James Stewart's come from the clouds as well. Yeah, and I think the thing with the Giants is that, I mean, apart from the players that they've traded in for the experience, they're, they're not really established players. So the players that, like, even if you play, let's say, Juris at the start of the season, they're going to be a completely different team at the end of the season just because they're at the beginning of their careers and they're learning yeah. the game and they're sort of taking everyone on board. So you don't know how good that team's going to be on that day because if you haven't seen everyone there reach their potential and have an established team like the rest of the AFL people that are already there. The other thing is, too, Having an inexperienced young team coming into finals time, you are worried because they don't have yeah. that experience. But they are young lads that heal quickly. So getting up week to week after a long season, these after blokes are going to be coming stubbies in. stubbies and a couple of <laughs> Probably that too. <laughs> no, we've already done Gold Coast. Gosh, yeah. But what I mean is they, they're going to be as fresh as they were round two, three, and four just because they're young bodies and they're you know able to recover so much quicker. Um, on the, the Lions side, like we said, they're just waiting for the end of the season. But um, yep. it looks like Dane Beams has finally settled in. Um, he's had nearly 30 touches and kicked three goals. I mean, that's not a bad afternoon. Looking like a bit of a genius tipping Justin Leppis to get the sack too, just quietly. Uh, <laughs> do you reckon, it's not going to happen. Do you reckon Brisbane Lions have already booked their Mad Monday? Yep. And do you reckon uh, Leppis has got a ticket? Yep. No, nah, he's fine. I reckon they all love him. Um, he, he's still in the honeymoon period. I want to see, I want to see Cuz get juddy out for a mad Monday now that he's retired. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, mate! <laughs> I mean, wait for this day. You, you reckon um, 
uh, Juddy might really go to town with his pressure points. And <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> really show him now that, um, you know, after he's putting his day at work at Visi, of course. So. What would you uh, reckon be next for Juddy? I know we're skipping back a bit, but still. Um, I reckon nothing football. Um, I don't think he'll coach um, or commentate. It's just not his... He, he seems like he'll go off and run a business. He's, mm. Or he'll go and run... Um, he'll work for the AFL. I wouldn't be surprised. Like um, no, more like Mike Fitzpatrick. Huh. Uh, I mean, at that level, he'll, he'll like he's more likely to join the board of the AFL than coach anywhere. In my mind, or it'll be it'll coaches, be, it'll be you know fucking Warren Diet, Under Nines, whatever the fuck it is, you know, just doing and it, something. And he'll still pull in a hundred grand a year. Where, for he's, it. where, <laughs> his, where his little club is that he grew up. He's a Melbourne boy, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah so he'll be somewhere around there. Um, okay, down to uh, the game in Tassie. Um, which uh, really showed that um, the full weather can still come into effect in AFL oh, grounds. Did you see that boomerang kick? We're talking north versus west coast, but uh, I was um, half listening to this game on the radio um, yep. when, when I was in Adelaide. But the boomerang kick, tell us about it. Uh, I, I can't remember who kicked it. It was uh, west coast running into their forward line, running along the broadcast side wing. He's uh, gone to kick probably midway between the goal square and the 50-metre arc, and about halfway along when it's travelling in the air, it just takes a right angle yeah. and ends up on top of the 50-metre arc. And you just see the ball just go up, uh, uh, I'm stop, going this way. slur to the right, and everyone's like, shit. Hear I the think crack. see Prittis running forward, and then he's like, hang on, I've got to run back here. Fuck. But um, oh, it was gusty, blowy, uh, rained for a little bit. Uh, really had uh, Tasmania oh, come out to play. Old-fashioned weather for the footy that you don't get at uh, the MCG already had anymore because the MCG is just too big and the Etihad's got the roof obviously when you know they do close it yeah um, <laughs> North um, got rid of their coach he was in o- omission for this game um, yeah um, after last week he was the he had to get his uh, back worked on I think he was the only one that had a backbone last week but yeah well, anyway let's say about that better but this week um, actually pretty good match yeah, it was a tightly contested. Um, it, it looked like um, North had uh, not done enough with the breeze um, in, in the third quarter to set up a, a match-winning lead. But there was just that last period in the final minutes of the, the third where they finally got their noses in front um, and didn't surrender the lead from there on in. Um, very cheeky from old Brent Harvey as well. Uh, yeah. A veteran move, definitely. Um, it's it's, it's <laughs> one of the smartest things to do in uh, suckering the 50-meter penalty out of Prittis. One of the dumbest things to do right in front of the camera. But um, if you didn't watch it, then you probably haven't seen any of the clip shows from AFL. But uh, Harvey and I think it was Dumont tackled uh, Prittis right near the boundary line. Got him holding the ball, beauty. And Prittis was sort of remonstrating the umpire a little bit, holding the ball away from Harvey. And Harvey just reached around him and flicked the ball out of his hand. So it looked like Prittis had dumped the ball and not given it straight back to him and got a 50, which turned out to be about 30 meters, but... Uh, and then kicked to Lindsay Thomas about uh, 40 out. He fucked it. He, he shanked it, but uh, kick on goal, which uh, Harvey said was a good return on investment for that. <laughs> he called it rascally. Um, I think the West Coast supporters had a few other words for it. Well, advantage of the taker not handed out. So, Well, yeah, play. and another thing Harvey yeah. did say in the post-match was that um, Lacroix claimed a goal that he'd plainly kicked after the line was crossed. And uh, claimed a mark that plainly hit the ground. So, in his mind, that's how he justifies it. Yeah, he's got a, a little bit of a point there, I guess. I mean, it is a bit of gamesmanship. But um, my 
point of it was um, the umpire called it when he obviously didn't see it. He saw that the ball's gone out and assumed what's happened, and he's given a 50 for something he clearly didn't see. And we know he didn't see it because it didn't fucking happen. <laughs> well, I guess it's one of those reasonable doubts things. Like, you could say... Well, All the pieces were there. Yeah, either he reached around and flicked it out, but that's probably unlikely because Boomer's <laughs> a, a fairly honest lad and he's got tiny arms. Or Pritis <laughs> just... T-Rex. <laughs> I, I, I'll give you one out of two there. <laughs> <laughs> or Pritis is not the nicest bloke and has dropped the ball, which, in fairness, Pritis probably is one of the nicest blokes, blokes going out. around. Again, one out of two. <laughs> so, yeah, the umpire tossed a coin and called in, the edges. And called it wrong. Um <laughs> Which wasn't the only thing the umps did wrong with that day. Did you see the, the hip and shoulder? Old Razor Ray gave Actually, it with Dumont. That was, there was nothing wrong with that. That was a perfect bump. I'll tell you what, it was high. It was right yeah, on the chin. That's the thing. That's, Unfortunately, if that was a player doing it, he'd get weeks. He probably would. He'd get one or two for that. Yeah. Uh, I think Ray's just sort of off-cycled his steroids. He's an angry <laughs> motherfucker now. If ever there was an umpire to get done for pe- peds, <laughs> yeah. it'd be Razor Ray. Razor Ray. Ray. Last week, don't, don't tell me what to do. You don't tell me what to do. <laughs> it, either him or that one barrel-chested goal umpire. You, you know what <laughs> yeah, I'm talking I know about? about yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I hope next week, uh, I don't know who Ray's going to officiate, but I hope it's North Melbourne. And you know, there's a, a contentious decision or something, and Ray's has gone, nah, freaky, fuck yeah, fair enough, fair, no worries, right? No worries. I, think, I think he's officiating Velasquez versus Badoom. <laughs> it, it wasn't a bad, and I'll tell you what, Razor didn't flinch, didn't, didn't turn around, didn't say sorry, straight on, mate. Oh, I've yeah. got a fucking job to do. I'm going to come to stab you. <laughs> I think Dumont's only about 13 years old, too, so he had a good, uh, good education. That's, that's the way it goes. Um, look on the other side, West Coast. Um, Matty Prittis, is that another good one? He's had 30-odd possessions plus 11 tackles. I mean, that shows that you, you've had a busy day. It shows that we know nothing about what we're talking about, too. <laughs> I, think I tipped him as the one for the biggest fall-off um, due to the Eagles falling, falling just, away from him. It's just too yeah. consistent. Couldn't have been more wrong. Less said about that, the better. Um, one thing I did see, uh, Jared Waite went down late in the fourth, I think it was. Got a cheer. Uh, yeah, he managed to get back on the field, but uh, I tell you what, he, he would have wanted to get away early because there was one part, I think it was the first quarter, running in, uh, one opponent, Lindsay Thomas running open in the goal square all on his own. I think Higgins was ahead of him all on his own. And Wade's like, nah, nah, I fuckers, got I got this shit. <laughs> I got this. Uh, no, he did not. In fact, he fucked the kick, kicked into the man, and it ended up getting rebounded for a goal the other end. So, Wade did kick, uh, I think he got... Two, three? So, Wait needs to get on drugs. Wait, no, he didn't kick any goals. He didn't fucking kick any. Oh, no, Jesus. goalless. Benny I'm Brown surprised. kicked a nice three, though. That was right. Uh, yeah, Brown signed up to a five-year contract. Yeah. Just get him locked in. He is that's the way to ruin his career. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. He's, he's Tasmanian with the exchange rate. That's like 30 years. And, and poor old Cunnington, he, he, um, he had an all right day, which is hard after he just got finished milking the cows or whatever the fuck else. <laughs> yeah. Every ad, every 10 minutes. I um, I've to say a little family in the way in. <laughs> Higgins got the credit for being the champion with four goals, and you know he had a pretty, pretty good, good match. Um, Swallow got uh, lazy, thirteen tackles, twenty possessions. But to me, it was Zebul that was the difference. Um, when the game was on the line, this bloke damn near fucking kills himself yeah. every week. And uh, I, I like Swallow the player, but Zebul's the captain. Every oh. day of the week, he's the bloke you want. He's he's the one that leads by example. <laughs> Um, well, I don't know who's more vocal behind the scenes, but um, he, his actions on the field speak louder than anything else. The only more vocal bloke would be Brent Harvey, but 
Technically, he's yelling abuse at everyone else around him. I guess they're probably, that's a, a noise they just managed to cancel out <laughs> in the background. It, it, must be, yeah. it must be just so immune to that. Oh, that's like, that's the point that he's talking. So they go, oh, shit, sorry, but what was that? <laughs> but, so I, I've, I've said that uh, before that Z would be the better captain, but you think who, who would be the best captains of the modern era? You'd have to throw names like Hurd, Hodge, Jonathan Brown. Um, you could make an argument for Carey, I guess. But they're all very physical players. Um, players that don't take the short step and Swallow for his skill he's just not one of those players he's trying to think who would be a good non who you wouldn't say is a physical player who was captain <laughs> and a good captain and you know, I, I can't think of one off the top of my head Judd was highly physical um, <laughs> Cochin yep you wouldn't say he was a no, physical was, player I wouldn't say he's a great captain either, no <laughs> but, he's a top player but, 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 yeah, yeah. Enough, he's good don't get wrong but you wouldn't when you think of awesome captains you wouldn't go Cochin yeah you know? but yeah. would Dustin Martin be a better captain no. <laughs> no deal. <laughs> he does have the physicality. I'll give him that, but I'll tell you what, the club would fucking have some great parties. Uh, well, as long as you put him in charge. You know, in the season, finances would be fucking all over the shop. That's for sure. <laughs> We'd be funneling shit from left to right. You'd have four sets of books. And still bankrupt. <laughs> have 200 billion turnover, bankrupt. Um, okay, we'll move on to uh, St. Kilda versus Hawthorne in a game that never really got to m- many heights. Um yeah, I, I guess you can say well done for the Saints for keeping Hawthorne quiet in the first half, but really their kicking was just shit. Um, it, you know, there was moments of brilliance that would make a highlight reel of the game look okay, but it was really just a scratchy, scratchy game. Um, it wasn't until, you know, sort of towards the end where Hawks started to kick straight and made it look decent, but uh, I think the Saints were happy to get um, within 10 goals. Um Nah. Actually, no, they weren't within 10 goals. They were just outside it, but that's the way it goes. No, nah, the umpires robbed them. Look at it, 20 free kicks to 10. Yeah, it was. It was one of the most lopsided. And I think there was there was 20 to 4 at one stage late in the game or, or something like that. So, you know, a couple of junk time free kicks to go with their junk time goals. No, I had I had a, uh, I wasn't actually at this game, but I had it on good authority by a bloke who watched it that uh, it was all the umpires' fault. They murdered him. So uh, thanks, Pete, um, for that report. <laughs> Um, Ruffy was having an absolute shocker of a night um, but um, coming in for three goals late in the game um, Sammy Mitchell still showing that he knows what to do um, what do you have 30 odd yeah, 35 or so 35 touches yeah not bad for an old timer um, probably I think he plays his 300th game next year so he, he's getting in there yeah. yeah I mean he's still doing it um, I always find it funny Billy Hartung that just sounds like a bloke that plays rugby I don't know why I say that or somebody from the 1943 side yeah, yeah. A, a bloke who, uh, or someone who you describe as a colourful racing identity. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I can see it as a colourful racing identity. Jeez, he's got some toe. Um, yeah, he does. It's only his second year um, running around, so he's uh, he's slotted in quite nicely. Um, it's good to see Sean make his kick a couple of goals as well. I was about to say that. He's Much the, maligned. He's the whipping boy for Hawthorne. Yeah. Every team's got their one bloke where you're just like, why the fuck do we keep putting him in? But he, he's... He's come up pretty good. He's done well. Why do they keep putting him in? Um, I don't know. Uh, injuries. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's a little bit of a swing man. I mean, he's always he's a forward naturally, but they forced him to be a backman. Yeah. And now they've gone out and got Lake and they've got Frawley. Yeah. Um, so he's just stuck in. So he's he's back in the side, but he's doing probably just enough. Yeah. He's kicked some goals the last couple of weeks. So. Well, on that bit, I 
remember how the AFL has that Ask the Fan survey that went around uh, yeah. last week? Last yeah. week, yeah. Um, I did see Reddit added some questions to it. Yeah. And uh, one of the questions they suggested to be added was, uh, who's the biggest cunt in the league and why is it Brian Lake? Uh. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was not from a... Uh, Sydney Swan supporter. So at least, at least 4chan didn't add some questions to it. <laughs> I think there might have been a couple of those. Way off track there. Um, there was another uh, good highlight for St Kilda was um, uh, Nick Rewalt kicking a goal on three defenders over the shoulder. Not a bad effort, even if it was just from the goal square, but three on one in a team that's getting done and he, he's booted it through. It's hard not to like Rewalt. Ah. Like, he works his ass off every week. Bloody. Um you know, yeah, occasionally gets his dick out on for teammates' cameras, but he's a top player. Um, unfortunately, he's probably going to be a, a top player who retires without having known a premiership. But which, which, those. which, again, is a shame, and it's a bit of a trait of St Kilda. Um, you know, mm. we have those top players that never saw it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Robert Harvey's yeah. one that immediately you think of. Yeah, more past 22 or so that have yeah. done it, haven't they? <laughs> 20, yeah, I think they've only had 22 players that have... No, would have been 20. So you wouldn't consider him unlucky. You would just say he's just been Expected. a great saint. <laughs> done what the saints yeah. done. He's got a night premiership, which is more than, well... It's worth a tattoo. Look, yeah. uh, it's worth a tattoo. You didn't give him that much. The Hawks didn't play well. and They still won by 10 goals. So I don't know if that's a good sign or a bad sign. But, I mean, the bye couldn't have come soon enough, I think. How far do you think St. Kilda are on their rebuilding? Further than what they would have thought they were. I would I have said perfectly. I think their midfield is going to be a pretty good class midfield next year, which if you're rebuilding, the midfield's the first place you start. Yep. Um, their back line, to me, is still a little fragile. They, they could do with some more, um, some more height and some more strength down the yeah, back. Yeah, they need someone like, like Revolt. every team. Yeah. 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 They need someone like Revolt they can put in the back line. Oh, well, yeah. um, Everyone can do it with somebody like yeah. Revolt. <laughs> oh, you'd, you'd have six of them in your side if you could. But look, the way they've gone about it is get lots of draft picks all at once um, and, and get that, that bunch through. Well, they're copying exactly what GWS did. And GWS have shown that it's working so yeah. far. Um, and, yeah, and I think it, they're going in the right direction. Um, you know, the, the players are still showing that they want to play. Mm. Um, yeah. They're trying hard and they're not giving up. Which is more than I could say for Brisbane, I think. Yeah, a, a little bit like that. It seems like they're very good at being able to not accept, but not put a whole lot of value on being outplayed for even, you know, three quarters of a game or whatever. Yeah. And that gives them the ability to always be able to bounce back. They never get down on themselves. Well, I think they're setting themselves realistic goals. Like they would have yep. gone in this to going, yeah. all right, we're, we're probably outclassed across the board. <laughs> yep. But say to each player, you just beat your player, or at least make them earn every possession. Yeah. And a lot of their players seem to be doing that. Like They seem to be pressuring a bit better. Uh, yeah, they yeah. seem to be not dropping their heads when the game's done. Yeah. We're making the opposition be accountable as well. Yeah, just that little bit more than you'd expect from a team who's getting pounded by 10 goals at... Uh, three quarter time, they still went out in the fourth quarter and had to dip. Yeah, they got some goals in junk time um, to make it look a little bit better. But uh, I mean, yeah, I feel like Hawthorne did just enough they needed to do, and, and not a step more. Yeah, um, Hawthorne didn't quite phone it in, but they definitely oh, cruised. They well, I think the best thing was that Saints usually like getting the arsenal put in the first two quarters and then coming back and winning. Yeah, so I think it was really good strategy by Clarkson to just you know. <laughs> Take it, take it easy in the first quarter, three quarters, two quarters. And I don't think he was happy at all. Work into it. <laughs> he's nah, a, smart. He's an angry man at the genius. Best. Did, he, did genius. he manage to get away this week without genius. some sort of lawsuit? Um, well, only time will tell. <laughs> um, it, it could still come up. Um, on to the, the Queen's birthday traditional clash, otherwise known as um, the Melbourne Demons Grand Final. 
um, it was um, uh, again um, a, a decent old game. Um, yeah, for a it, was, it was a good match. Well, Watching the game uh, for the especially the first half, Melbourne's ability to run in a nice pack was fantastic. Yeah, unfortunately, their ability to handball to a bloke who was in the process of getting tackled yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was fucking frustrating to watch. Um, and uh, Cloak seven goals straight. Four in the first quarter or five in the first quarter? Four in the first. Stupid. Yeah, so... Um, Four dead bang, and he earned those ones. Like, he had some great marks and just kicked truly. Just look, In full flight, he's fantastic. He was playing on Tom McDonald, who's been on fire the last few weeks, and they had to move him off before you know, th- uh, quarter before time. Before he slid his own damn wrists. He was absolutely giving him a bath. Um, just goes to show how good Cloak could be if he could kick straight all the time. He just got his head right. It's got nothing, I don't think it's anything to do with his skill or talent or yeah. getting out of class. He's just got that little fucking gremlin in his head. <laughs> just more you try and deal with it, the worse it yes. gets. Nathan Jones stood up for Melbourne. Um, every so week so he does. He's, he's just got a, a heart of a fucking lion, that bloke. And what about Hogan in the forward line? Can't yeah. say enough good things about him. I tell you uh, what. He had some moments, um, but overall he's been fantastic. They've um, been talking him up for for years um, before he even played a game. Yeah, it was good to see this year that he's he's actually someone that can live up to the hype. Yeah, um, and he's going to you know grab the team and put them on his back and carry yeah. them through for for years to come. You can even see with uh, his, his banter and his presence in the forward line. You see, he'd, he'd take a that. strong mark and he'd let the uh, his opponent know about it. But not only that, he'd try and scam a few extra meters to straighten himself up. <laughs> yep. And yep. like, not only to say, oh, it's around here, but arguing the points of the umpire. No, 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 no. It's <laughs> over there, mate. That's the veteran move. <laughs> the, right um, the umpire's smiling at him and he's, you know, but obviously he goes back and has his kick. But that's the confidence you need for young players like that to yep. not have to be intimidated and just take it on. Look, I thought uh, Lumumba showed a bit. Um, Actually, you... it was a bit sad that, you know, people were booing him. Like, damn racism. Yeah, well, <laughs> Collingwood supporters. <laughs> um, but no, I thought he showed a, a lot of run. Um, out of the back lines, which is all right. Actually, um, one of the one of the surprising blokes for me too was Cam Patterson. Um, poor bastard's been on North Melbourne's list for, geez, I think five years and just couldn't crack it in the big time. Uh, go on, Melbourne. <laughs> that was a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't crack it in the top 22, we'll say then. Um, but he was a, a solid contributor for Melbourne. Um, he's a, a big body who moves quite well, but just he, he's pretty good at most things, but yeah. not brilliant at anything. Um, he, I think his first game back was it was a late call up for um, Melbourne against Hawthorne when Melbourne got done by a hundred, um, but he was still all right in a team that got done by a hundred. Um, so I mean, he's shown something in multiple games now, which probably justifies his spot for another week at least. I mean, he's he's solidly above average. Yeah, he's yeah. not top class, but he, he's a solid, hardworking, sixty percent player. Yeah. One of the things I was really impressed with was watching how um, Jamie Elliott uses his physical features to his advantage. Oh, because yeah. he's, he's, not a stock, play. he's not a tall player. He's small, no. he's stocky, but he uses that as an advantage because he's, you know, in some ways that's a disadvantage. And you'll see a mark comes up. He does enough to spoil it, but what he'll do is he'll twist his body in midair so that when he lands, he's ready to pounce to and just run. Yep. It was an, I can't remember who, what, what the kick it was, but they showed in slow motion. And he's gone for the mark, it's spoiled. He's twisted his legs around, so when he lands, he can just he's bolt forward. And I was thinking, with Dane Swan running around and showing that kid how to play footy, yeah. he's got to be just have a dangerous future. He's already the most popular bloke to get their number put on the back of the, ta- uh, the um, <laughs> Guernsey for yeah. the Collingwood supporters. And I'll tell you what, there'd be plenty of uh, blokes tattooing his number too. It's a bit like Timmy O'Brien at Hawthorne. Uh, well, that's because they can't count up to it. This. Yeah. <laughs> it you, you've never seen so many um, Hawthorne fans in the crowd with Timmy O'Brien's number on their back. 
but it, just because he inherited the number 23 Guernsey, it's, <laughs> it's a bit beside the point. But, but at that point about Elliot's very true. His skill in keeping his feet yeah. is second to none. And that earns him so many damn possessions. Because you see, yep. I can't... I think there was at least seven or eight times where there was multiple Melbourne players going for the mark. Yep. He'd get in that market contest too. Yeah. Melbourne players fall on their ass. Yeah. He's on his feet. Ball's dribbled forward. Fucking yeah. beauty, I've got one. Well, he's already taken that into account when, when this ball's coming in and he's making his split decisions in, do I spoil, do I mark, what do I do? That's part of his process of, all right, this goes to the ground, that's when I do what I want to do. It's like jiu-jitsu. Well, it takes someone down and you bring it to where you're good. Yeah. Yep. He's like a, a racing driver. He's not looking at the corner in front of him. He's looking at three corners after that and setting himself up there. When he's going for the mark, he's not just thinking, I've got to mark this. And that's it. He's, he's got a plan B. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. like, oh, ball goes to the ground. I'm going to land. I'm going to go at it. Ball yep. goes on my head. I'm going to twist. Go after it. Yep. If they take the mark, I'm going to fucking make sure that you know they've got it. That's the one. I think it was, yeah, actually went to ground and he managed to pick it up, get it on to Swan who snapped it through, I think. It was a yeah. br- Actually, I think Swan had a short little kick to Cloak. Cloak at the goal. Um, Brilliant piece of play. Apparently, Collingwood got an ex-basketball player for them too that went all right. I've never heard of him. <laughs> With a basketball background. Never heard of him. But uh, Pendlebury, he's... His vision is fantastic. Um, It'd be his basketball background. Probably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, his ability to just pick a bloke out who's on his own, even though that bloke might be 30 metres, 45 degrees behind him. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, there was a, a period of uh, Jeffy Garlett who kicked two goals in a minute, and both of them yeah. when he snuck out the back and they kicked it over. Yep. Some beautiful long kicks to him. Um, which is great because, I mean, that's his job. That's what he does. Yeah. But what I liked about it was both times, Alan Toovey chased him right to the end. Yes. Yep. Um, and I don't think Jeffy Garlett was getting away from him. But yeah. Toovey wasn't catching up either. Yeah. But he's still chasing down. And, you know, the one time that yep. Garlett stopped and propped and went around and still kicked the goal. Yep. Um, so he gets no reward for that. But um, it shows that uh, yeah. the type of player that he is. I think the first time he was just chasing him and he's like, I'm on camera, I can't fucking look bad now, I can't give up. <laughs> and the second time he's like, you motherfucker, I'm fucking going to get you. <sighs> Third time, racism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, as long as he wasn't booing him, as he was trying to chase him down. Or throwing spears. Um, imaginary ones. Um, I mean, well, that takes us through to round 10. Unless you got more about that game? No, no, I was thinking of spears. I could have used a few when I was camping. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so that brings us on to round 11, um, which is the, the first round where we've started with the buys. So so uh, let's start with a, a great Friday night game now, Port versus Geelong. What a cracker. Especially over there in Adelaide. Yeah. Because um, Port haven't been that great at uh, the, I'm not going to say it, at the Adelaide Oval. Um, last year, they turned it into a really hard place to win at. And this year hasn't been so much. But they've finally hit some form, Port, um, which is unfortunate because so have Geelong. Yeah. Um, and they're in the, the best form of their year so far. Um, I think the Geelong Tolls are going to make it very difficult for Port. But yep. if Port's uh, midfield can get on top, um, it, it, that'll do them um, to get through. I think uh, Geelong's physicality, if they can intimidate Port in the opening quarter, they're going to run, yeah. run away with it. Yeah. I think so too. This might be decided in the opening quarter. And that's it. They've got to be tough. They've got to make sure they've got to earn every possession they get and just make everything a hassle for them. As soon as they get spaced, then they're so dangerous. If it's wet, I don't think Port have got a chance. Really? You reckon in the wet, they'll yeah, struggle? I, Port's ability to move the ball quickly is fantastic. When they run in packs, they're a very fast team. But uh, if it gets dewy, it gets wet, the no. skills go down um, and it becomes a, a much closer thing. They can't run away from opposition as easily. And I think Geelong's ability to just pressure the ball carrier is going to be so much more effective. Uh, they're only 
well, I won't say their only chance, their best chance will be if it's a, a nice, crisp, dry evening and they can actually use their speed to their most advantage. Um, I think Geelong too. I think Geelong could um, actually get up um, with the form they're in. Both these sides have been Im- impeccable in front of goal um, last week. So um, I think Geelong the week before kicked you know sort of 18, 19 straight from set shots. Yeah. So they're making yep. the most of their limited chances. Um, that might be if they can do that again. Um, they're hard to beat. Yeah, I think I have to go Geelong, but you, you know you wouldn't be surprised if Port would yeah. do it. You know, it's quite amazing. comfortably tipping against like, Port. At they home. absolutely yeah. will now. We've all tipped along. Yeah, Port will yeah. absolutely Port will fucking romp it in. Yep. I tell you what, I don't think we're going to have um, any dissenters on the next game. Gold no. Coast versus Freo. This will be yep. a fantastic match, and I can tell you why. Gold Coast being a new side, uh, they're going to go into this in their home match and get fucking smashed. So if any te- any supporters turn up, they're your hard time supporters that you fucking need. I think that's that's how you identify true fans. If they get five thousand people there. Every pl- every bloke that turns up, every man, woman, and child should get a membership. I don't care if apology. they get fucking free. <laughs> Give them ten year fucking membership because those people are hard time hard supporters. Course, yeah, uh, look, I'm worried that Gold Coast won't kick a goal. Yeah. I, I I don't think they might not rock up. Go, Fuck it, let's go out. <laughs> it could be one of those ones where Frio just kick a point for them just to make sure they get percentage <laughs> because they can't do maths. I've been yeah. in a game where that's happened before. Yeah, I've seen it happen too. Um, look, Frio by a hundred and how many? Uh, yeah, I'm really worried that Gold Coast won't kick a goal. Yeah. Um, on to West Coast hosting Essendon on Saturday um, afternoon. Um, you. Geez, West Coast have got to bounce back at home and Essendon are looking in trouble if they lose this one. West Coast yeah. will smash them. Um, I, they're just too classy. They've, the weather hurt their game plan last weekend. Um, the blustery breeze, all that sort of stuff, stopped their long-kicking game. That's not going to happen again. No, not over there. Um, and this is another loss for Essendon. That could really um, put them on the... Uh, behind the eight ball for the rest of the year to try and make finals. So I think, what are they sitting, 13th or something like that at the minute? Yeah, I think they're going to struggle to hold their shit together, to be honest. I think this is just the snowball of things have just got to play play out before they can really know where all the pieces lie and put all the fucking mess back together. Because it's yeah. all over the shop. You don't know what's what. You know, yeah. you're yeah. from a hole in the ground. It's funny, though, because no one's ever no one's said in the last couple of weeks that Herd's job's under pressure because they've stuck with him through all this other crap. Well, it, it, it he's done nothing be. except be ignorant. But that's no excuse, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, uh, all of that aside, you're there to do a job, and that's to coach a team and yep. to play finals and win. Yep. And at the moment, it looks like they've gone backwards this year um, after yep. getting more senior talent in. Okay, you had to get senior talent because you lost your draft picks, mm. um, but you've still gone backwards. Yep. Um, yeah, because yeah, the consequences from that, from not having those draft picks in that, isn't felt this year. That's going to be felt you know, next year, year after. That's when you get stuff like those consequences. Yeah, I, I do think getting Chapman and Cooney was a good move, though. It's just for the same reasons why Richmond getting Cousins was a good move. Cost them fuck all, and you get to train up young lads by champion players. Yeah, well, you, you take those players in most teams, I reckon. Yeah, well, Chapman's been good, but I mean, Cooney's only been this year. Um, and, and that's a spot that could have gone to uh, another young player. Um, I, I, yeah, I agree with Chapman I'll, and Goddard especially. I mean, yeah. Goddard's been Goddard's a champion been fantastic. for him. I'm not convinced on Cooney just yet. But, um, you know, hopefully he's got a few years left to, to uh, make it I don't it think he'd have more than two. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Um, North Melbourne versus Sydney at Etihad Stadium. Um, be interesting game. Yeah. You know, North are on the up after um, overcoming West Coast. 
But um, th- this will be a real test for them because Sydney haven't looked like they've got out of third gear yeah. for a lot of their games so far. And they're on drugs too. You know that? <laughs> yeah, I, I so, heard that yeah. rumour. Well, it's tough. The thing I worry about is that North have got a reasonably cruisy run into the finals. Um, I think uh, in the last six, seven rounds, we've got uh, Brisbane, uh, Melbourne. Uh, who else we got? Oh, yeah, run through it. No, no, no. I'm just saying you've got a cruisy run into the finals. Um, where are they sitting on the ladder at the moment? <laughs> no, but, just um, show me. Just, uh, don't show me the whole ladder. Just the top eight will do. I think... Where the fuck is it? No, not there. Okay, no. okay. But uh, we're five and five. Going straight to game plan. <laughs> and as long as, you have a, as long as you have a positive season, like you finish with, say, 12 wins... You'll probably play five. <laughs> Almost. Well, fucking oath if you win the last 12. <laughs> That's a pretty good string of wins to put together. With a total of 12 oh, wins. Shit. 12, <laughs> 12 wins is, is borderline. I thought you would put 12 yeah. wins on the trot to get finish bo- out the season. 12 wins plus percentage will get you in into the... will get you eighth. Yeah. So that's what they'll need. Yeah. But that's the fucking concerning thing. Richmond got, could... got good percentage. That's the concerning thing. Yeah. <laughs> No, but North might look at it and say, oh, we can afford to drop this one. But they fucking can't. No, of course yeah. they can't. Um, they have to be able to beat Sydney, Hawthorne, Frio to even bother turning up in September. Well, they've got the Tigers to worry about. So. <laughs> Tigers, <laughs> what are they going to do? Um, look, something interesting about it, will, it'll be a, a win, I think, if we hear that Adam Good still gets booed. Because that just means that enough play, uh, fans have rocked up yep. to be able to hear it through the, the TV yep. mics. And the no, thing is, I hope more fans rock up to boo Adam, not because they don't like him, but because this is the good thing that can come out of having people that we perceive as villains on the field. Yep. But don't p- pretend they actually know who they are or no. have any <laughs> fucking idea of what they are as a person. That's their persona on the field. Boom. But rock up, pay your money, support your club. Now it's Eddie Head Stadium. They'll pipe it in. They'll pop, yeah, exactly. They'll put it through the speakers. Um, look, <laughs> I, I think Sydney will just have too much class. Tell you what, though, this next match, Collingwood uh, GWS, to me, that's match the round. Isn't it's it? It's going to be yep. fantastic. MCG. Now, yeah. this is uh, what, fifth versus uh, fourth, I think. Um, so, you know, two teams that um, I, I didn't pick that they'd be anywhere near those numbers no. at no, this stage of the season, yep. but they are. And they're there because they've been winning. Um, and they've been doing it the hard way, too, just, you know, out muscling teams. Yeah. And just hard work. Look, this is a real um, good test at the right time for GWS. I think for both sides. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, GWS playing the biggest club at the MCG. Um, they'll have uh, all eyes on them as well, um, being that it is the, the split round. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, look, um, I'm looking forward to see how Cameron and, and uh, McCarthy go. Um, uh, yeah. And uh, it, it could be that if Cloak kicks straight again, um, it could be too much for them. You see, I'm I'm going GWS because I I have not seen a hungrier side in recent memory. Uh, every time they go out there, they just look like they are playing their grand final, and I think they'll overwhelm Collingwood with just sheer intensity. Yeah, I'm still not sure. I reckon. I mean, if Cloak kicks straight, I reckon Collingwood beats most teams because yeah. their their midfield is awesome and they can deliver it to anyone in there. It's just a matter of yep. if you kick goals. I tell you what, it's lucky you're not sure because every time we are fucking sure, we're wrong. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure about this one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I reckon GWS will get up because Cloak won't have a good day at all. I think it's MCG with the yips. Yep. yep. You reckon he's had his one good one good kicking? He can't do two in a row. No, I think it might. Was it the MCG last week? Yeah. Oh, shit, there goes that theory. Then, yes, I agree with you. I'm on your side. You're on my side. I'm on your team. I don't know what my side is yet. I'm on it. Abdicate. Uh, I like the way you think. 
I didn't know if you were saying abdicate because he's you know, giving me my choice or it's like that episode of um, uh, ten out, 8 out of 10 cats does countdown with Peter Serafinowicz. But anyway, I... Th- Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. I think I'm the only person that's ever seen that. <laughs> I know it, but it's pretty specific. It's, 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 it's an obscure... <laughs> Niche feel, humor. Especially uh, when there's like 40 seasons or something of it. As references go, that's a, that's a pretty obscure one. Um, the final game, St. Kilda versus Melbourne. Uh, look, it, I think this will be a, a good test to see how far Melbourne has really come. I think this will be a a good, maybe, oh, it'll be a good contest. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's the way of putting it. I mean, two teams that won't play yeah. any part in September, but... Might be the prettiest game, but... It might contest. be, a, 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 yeah, a well-matched mid-card yeah. fight. Be worth watching, yeah. Uh, one interesting thing, though, with uh, Brisbane's match, um, is anyone going to turn up Monday? Like, you got to buy, you think they might just fuck off to Bali for a week? Yeah. I'm lost. I'm lost too. What, what, what are you on about? Well, Brisbane being on a buy. Oh, okay. Brisbane's buy. Yep. yep. Uh, well, it's anyone... probably going to be the highlight of their season. So you may as well make it worth it and just fuck off to Bali for a week and get drunk. Yep. Come back, hopefully not get caught with open your boogie board or some shit. Yeah. They, it's about the highlight of their season at the moment. They might have a, a, a bit of a mid-season break, yeah. Um, but uh, St. Kilda, Melbourne, you got to pick? Melbourne. Melbourne, yeah. I, I'm hoping that Melbourne um, can show that they've matured enough to be able to um, put sides um, you know, ar- around them away. If they play to their full potential, they could. I'm only tipping Melbourne because of Nathan Jones. I think he'll just uh, run straight through the St Kilda midfield. Yeah, I'm tipping um, St Kilda. I think Bruce will have a day out. Bruce will have a day yep. out. Yeah, good one. Um, now, so the six teams this week they've got the bye in Adelaide, Bulldogs, Carlton, Richmond, Lions, um, and Hawthorne. So what we're going to do later on this week is we're going to have a look at uh, how those six teams are travelling um, and give them their uh, mid-year report card. And we'll do that for all the teams. Calling their parents play. in. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you the hot Sitting tip. down with them. If you're a Brisbane or Carlton fan, prepare to get a fucking hammering. <laughs> Um, the only way is up. <laughs> if you're a Brisbane car fan, you ain't listening to footy news. <laughs> to be honest, you, you fucked off the bar too. You're probably watching the Women's World Cup. Soccer. Yeah, who knows? Um, all right, so uh, see you later on in the week for the uh, mid-season reports on the teams having the bye. Yep. All all right. Right. Later. Bye.